just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace is sobriety. Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Just a menace. Menace is sobriety. Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace is sobriety. Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety with your host, Daniel O'Reilly, aka Dapper Laughs. And yeah, for those of you that don't know, if this is the first time you're tuning in or the first time you've come across this, this is a podcast that's raising awareness about addiction, sobriety, mental health, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm currently sober, trying to stay sober, um, and I'm spreading the word because I believe that there's a massive, massive link between... um, Drugs, alcohol, um, mental health, suicide in young men. I think it's it's all part of a big a big problem. And I was a genuine lads, lads, seshed back in the day. And I'm getting interesting people on um, to have some fun with it because it doesn't have to be boring. Have some fun with it um, and to talk, give tips, give some knowledge out there to anyone that's currently sober, trying to be sober or thinking about going sober. Uh, and yeah, let me introduce today's guest. He is a professional, renowned, one of the world's best hypnosis experts, Elliot Ward. <laughs> How you doing, Dan? Good. Good to meet you. Good to meet Good you. Good to see you at last. Well, this is a crazy one because I know your um, your your field is hypnosis. That's that's what you practice. That's yep. what people come to you they do. for. But that's not really how I came about to know of you. I came about to know of you uh, before I even done this podcast. Um, I've been watching your content for a while on TikTok, um, and you've got you know a good following on TikTok. You got you get loads of interaction. Your videos are all out there, and I watch them and I really connect with them. It's a unique type of stuff. For those of you that don't know, Elliot does a lot of stuff about. Cocaine. Absolutely. Co- cocaine addiction. Tell us a little bit about what you do on the videos. So all my TikTok channel is specifically for cocaine addiction. Yeah. Um, what I do with, with my videos on TikTok are, are several factors. Firstly, I want to educate people. I also look at the mannerisms manner, manner, mannerisms that we yeah. have in common, right? Yeah. Because everybody seems to think it's themselves. You know, people have paranoia. Yeah. You know, people have that addiction that starts off gradually you know one day a week two days a week that can escalate faster yeah. you know, nobody starts off thinking they're gonna be an addict yeah um so i bring that to people's awareness so there's the mannerisms the education about cocaine addiction the familiarity that we have mm. uh, information for people who have families who have addicted <clears throat> so yeah. everything on my tiktok is specifically to cocaine <clears throat> yeah and uh, you know my reputation is i'm a no bullshit straight talk yeah definitely straight down the line guy and i say it as it is yeah uh, i don't think many people have come across the ability to have the knowledge and experience i've been doing this for 27 years mm. you know um all my background is psychology then hypnosis linguistic patterns mm. psychodynamic therapy i've written books and um you were also a user weren't and, you? and to have been a user and to hold my hands up and go listen i've fucking been there you know yeah. you know i was that person that started off friday night with my mates um you know i, I talk about this story quite often you know friday nights with my mates i pick one up in the pub i always knew people as we always do and then eventually it was like, I didn't want to wait until I had to wait the 20 minutes in the pub. So I picked one up before I go to the pub. Mm. That's what we tend to do. Yeah. And then eventually, and I don't even know how it suddenly transpired that I was doing it at home without even going out. And in fact, eventually it became the most sociable drug in the world that becomes the most antisocial fucking drug 100%. in the world. You just don't want to be around people. Yeah. And then it goes from, you know, I think it was like a Wednesday night once and I had some bad news and I thought, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to go and pick one up. And then it was a Wednesday and it was like, well, I can still manage to go to work on a Thursday. You get away with it. Yeah. So it was like a Wednesday and then a Friday and then, of course, a Saturday and then it becomes a Tuesday. Wow. And I got some good news. And then before you know it, it escalates and then your usage goes up. You know, that's yeah. the other thing about it. 
Yeah, I think this is this now for those people that are listening back home. You'll be listening to that, especially if you're if you're a user or if you know if you have used or whatever, and you'll be able to relate to what you said. That I saw that video. I saw that video of you saying that, and I was like, "Fuck me, that was me." Yeah. Because it was like if I if if during the week if something good was happening, I was celebrating. Absolutely. I'm like, "Fuck, fuck it, I'll get on the packet." If something bad was happening, I was like, "But." And this was this is the trap that I fell into that um, I think a lot of lads are, are are into out there is not thinking is is not thinking that their habit is an addiction absolutely um, and I think that that's something that's really important for people to realise and you said it in another one of your videos even if you're only doing it at a weekend every Friday talk to me about that that's you know, that's, that's the funny thing Dan because towards me yeah. that's the funny thing actually Dan because I get a lot of people make comments on my TikTok. It's very engaging. I have a lot of yeah. you know, communication with my followers. And people go, well, I just do it on a Friday and Saturday. I don't have an addiction. And I'm like, yeah, you do have an addiction. Yeah. Even if you use once a week and you have a dependency on that drug, you yeah. have an addiction. Yeah. An addiction is not defined by somebody who does it daily or by somebody who does like three bags or somebody who does mm. an eighth or a quarter or an ounce over yeah. a weekend. Addiction is defined by needing that drug and requiring that drug. And even yeah. if you use every Friday and every Saturday, even if you use once a week, you still have an addiction. Yeah. And I say to people, you say you don't have an addiction. Okay. Go six months. Don't use it for six months and tell me that's easy. Yeah, see how hard that is. But yeah. It's hard. Yeah, I've got a couple of my friends right now that um I mean since I'm 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 fi like fifty one days. Fifty one days. Yeah, fifty one days. So yesterday, fifty days. Yeah, I know. Yes. Thank you. Thank Good you. Good luck, man. Thank you. I almost got a packet in to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> no, um Or three for hundred. Three for hundred, yeah. No, um but the the problem that I've got at the moment and it was funny, I just got a uh, I'm in a group with all of my pals back home, all lads, lads, there's about twenty of us in there. We all rip the absolute shit out of each other about whatever's going on, but it's all brotherhood stuff whatever and they're in there talking 20 seconds it's the christmas do at my mate lee's barn we're going to be there everyone's getting smashed da, da, da. you come in and they know all out of me you come and i say i'm not going to be there boys and they're like why and i'm like i just ain't ready i still feel anxious and and that place that i went that place that i go to every time i go there before we play poker i drink whiskey and i'd sniff coke 100 yep, exactly. percent. and and i'm like part of me is like one i don't i don't want to feel like um you know i don't want my attitude to be like i'm missing out i want to feel free from it right um but some of my mates in that group, and it's really weird, and tell me what you think of this. Some of my mates in that group are like, yeah, I get it, man. Think of your family, because I'm doing it because I want to be a good dad, and yep. and I uh, don't want to fuck things up with my marriage. Um, but some of my mates are like, oh, fucking hell, come on. And I feel like sometimes, especially me, because I'm so vocal about it, sometimes when you realize that you've got a problem or an issue, it's like holding a mirror up to the people around you, and they don't like to Absolutely. see it. Absolutely. Don't, don't like to see it. It's, so it's, it's a very true thing because, you know, it, it's like even if, if you stop smoking, right, people around you are like, yeah, just have one on a Friday. Just have a, have a cigarette at the pub, right? Because they don't like being left behind. And mm. it's the same with any addictive substance. And I think with cocaine more so than ever because they may not have a problem in their eyes, right? Mm. They may only do it on that Saturday once a month mm. or once a fortnight. Some people don't have a dependency to that particular drug. For a small percentage of people, it doesn't escalate. Yeah. For the vast majority of people, it does escalate, and they can't comprehend that. Yeah. And I have a great analogy that I use for people. Like alcohol was never my issue, right? Mm. Cocaine, I was like fucking Pablo, you know? Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but alcohol was never my thing. I could take it, leave it. You know, I think if I had one pint of cider in a whole year, that's a big thing. I'm not like... the Antichrist, you know, someone invites me around and says, mm. oh, I made a trifle. I'm like, is there sherry in it? You know, I'm not like that. I'll, I'll have it. Yeah. But alcohol is not my poison. Yeah. Right? So I always use an analogy and I always say to people, listen, um, I'm an alcoholic. I drink a liter of vodka a day, right? Let's say I haven't drunk for like two months, three months, 
51 days, whatever that period of time is, would you offer me a glass of vodka? And they're like, no, no fucking way would I do that. They get that, right? Yeah. And I say, but my poison is not alcohol. My poison is the gear, being on the packet, right? So why would you say to me, come on, come on, just do a bit? Yeah. If you can understand that I'm like an alcoholic yeah. who drinks a litre of vodka a day and I'm no longer drinking, you wouldn't fucking offer that no. to me. You're right. And I think for me, I'm I'm still really confused about what was going on with me or what my what my problem was because I was um my 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 issue my issue was uh, I could, I could, my issue was I could drink sometimes, like I go out and drink sometimes, but I'd always get drunk. Yeah. But every now and then when I drunk, when I drunk, the thought would come into my head, I'm getting a bag yeah. and I just could not get rid of it. Yeah. I'd be, and even to the point where my mates are like, fucking hell, all right, calm down. I'd be like, come on, let's get one, let's get one. And, um, I come to, and, and then, you know, it wasn't like I was a liability on it, but waking up the next day on the come down, dealing with my missus and the kids, I was just an arsehole. I was a wanker. And, yeah. um, and and I realised slowly, no matter, I'd done six months off the drink, yep. and I thought uh, off the drink and the gear, and I thought I'll come back and I'll just have a drink. And within weeks, I was back on the gear. So now, what I realise is my addiction probably is both: it's alcohol and drugs. But I know for one thing for sure, I will never sniff cocaine again if I don't drink. Yeah, well, we call that SDLMB. It's a state-dependent alert memory behaviour. So you're accessing a certain state when you drink alcohol that you tie to using the gear. You right. tie to doing a packet. So it's like you know. It's like take a smoker. This is a good example, right? When you first learn to smoke, you learn consciously. It's like you learn to inhale, exhale. You learn to have a cigarette after a meal, mm. after, or when you're on the telephone, when you have a drink, right? And that becomes unconscious. It becomes protected like, mm. like any habit, like, like learning to drive. You learn clutch, mirror, indicator, accelerator consciously. Yeah. Yeah. And then after a while, it goes into your unconscious, it becomes protected. Right? Yeah, you don't even realize what you're doing. You could be talking Absolutely, to someone and you're right? doing it. Yeah. So you think about every habit had to be learned. That principle is for smoking, right? Yeah. You had to learn when to inhale, exhale, after a cigarette, uh, sorry, after a meal, when you have a drink, stuck in traffic, all of those things unconsciously activated in that moment of time. Mm. It's the same with the packet. You do the packet, and then you have emotional responses. I had a good day. I've had a shit day. I'm going to celebrate. I've just made some money, right? And it's like, bang. Once you have alcohol, that is sped up. Right, when yeah. You, when you think about it logically, right, without alcohol, you can make conscious, logical, rational decisions. Yeah. Drink too much alcohol. Listen, people drive a car, which yeah. they shouldn't. Yeah. They make stupid decisions and bad judgments yeah. when they've had too much alcohol. So that is linked to using the packet the moment they've drunk too much. They can't rationally, consciously yeah. think properly. That's that's what I always thought to myself, like, there's a reason why I can't just have one or two drinks, right? And it's because by the time I've had one or two drinks, my inhibitions and my... Absolutely. And got, so my mates would say to me, like, and do you know what the thing is? It's not like, it's, it's a weird thing, like... I, I loved getting fucking smashed. I yep. don't understand why. Like, I loved getting out of my head fucking smashed. Like, finally, I was free from my life. Um, and it's not fun, but I just wanted to get smashed. And I realized that even when I said, do you know what? No, nah, I'm not. I, I'm, I, all right, I'll come, but I'll only have one or two. By the time I've had one or two. That's it. Game how, over. How, how am I going to tell myself then? Okay, game over. Yeah, how am I going to tell myself then? And it was the same with the packet. I'd be like, you know, and, and that's why a lot of my friends said to me, you ain't got a problem. You know, you only do it once or twice a week. I'm like, yeah, but that means I'm going to come down all week. Yeah, of course it is. And you're waiting to do it again. Yeah. You know, you don't even realize you are, do you? Of course you? you are. Of course you don't. You don't. It doesn't comprehend. I mean, for me, I know when I was used to doing the packet, you know, I was like, you know, when someone racks up a little spider leg, I'm like, what the fuck's that? Don't bother with that. I'm an all or nothing mentality. Yeah, me I think too. you're a bit like that, yeah. right? You know, and I always say to people, I'm a great believer in going to the gym. You know, I've seen you doing a lot of boxing yeah. in, in your on your Instagram videos and stuff. 
me, I've trained, I train six days a week. I love to train. Mm. And I think I'd rather tune that addictive personality and that addictive trait into so something beneficial, yeah. absolutely positive, yeah. rather than getting fucked out of my brain. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I'm going through at the moment. And my missus, um, she's, I mean, I'm up at four o'clock, uh, maybe because of my ADHD, but my missus certainly notices, you know, don't careful, don't do too much of that, don't, that I've got an addictive personality. Absolutely. But I'm like, I'm like, look, this is me. I'm going to be addicted to something. So if it's going to be getting up early and boxing and writing my journal and 100%. all of that stuff and my work, then fine. Let me get into a couple of questions for you because I love your videos. Um, uh, right, okay, yeah, we've covered some of this stuff already, but let me get into something first of all. Um, why do we get paranoia with, uh, and, 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 and let me ask you this, uh, I'm going to take from my personal experience here, when my paranoia, or I even think maybe I had psychosis where um, it wasn't the night of using, if I've managed to sleep a little bit and the next day, uh, if there was a tiny little argument or a little thing, in my mind, it was like, fucking, this is all going to be over. Everything is really fucking yeah. bad. I always knew this was going to happen. And it would be like this massive self-destruct button went off. Is that a form of paranoia? Yes, yeah, well? definitely, definitely a form of psychosis because th there are two types within this. There is the paranoia whilst using, okay? So long-term use. If you speak to most people who have used long-term, right? And, and, and also quantity, yeah. frequency. They 90% of them will have paranoia. And I hear a lot of things of people saying, you know, CCTV camera. I mean, fuck me. Do I remember being on the gear when I had CCTV camera and I'd be like this at two o'clock in the morning? Really? Looking for yeah. every one of my cameras, right? You know, and people say to me, oh, those ring doorbells. I'm on my camera all night. Or they're staring at the curtains. I have clients saying to me, Elliot, I think there are cameras in my lights. Fuck me. I had me. a client the other day who said to me, I went up in my loft. I went up in my loft because I swear to God, at three o'clock in the morning, I thought somebody's walking around my loft. Off your nut. Just, Absolutely completely oh off your nut. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. people do this. So they have the paranoia while they're using. And then after they have a psychosis of things being distorted because your brain's still not logically, rationally thinking. Things become exponentially expanded. You know, if you think if you have an argument with someone, it's not just an argument. It's the end of the fucking world. That's what I was hitting. That's, That's exactly what, I was what getting. it is. I was getting that real bad. And also, like, now now I can, like, if, if one of my mates take the piss out of me in the group, like, you know, they were taking the piss out of me earlier in the group. Like I, I, I had a lot of arguments with my friends and left a lot of groups and and kicked off when stuff should have just been a joke. Like when I was on a come down. The other thing I'd ask you as well, and this is this is from one of your videos. I, seem, I sound like a right fan, don't I? Because I just it's, it's videos, but um, the funky chicken one. That the you've done. funky chicken. Tell us what's the funky chicken. Listen, do you know how many people have said to me? Well, you know, I, I have a lot of people from different countries watching TikTok because yeah. it's not just UK based. Although I think about sixty yeah. percent of my followers are UK based, but I have them all over the world. And so the funky chicken is, you know, people tend to do perverted, yeah, different shit when they're doing the packet that they wouldn't normally do. And sex is like suddenly swinging from the chandeliers and they've got the woman in different positions and they're doing shit that they wouldn't normally do. And the funky chicken is yeah. like, when you, if you think about a chicken, right, and its legs trussed up in the air, that's the funky chicken. Oh, You're right. doing all that shit that you would not yeah. normally do without doing the packet. I mean, all that filth, right? Yeah. It's wow. off the chart filth. And sometimes that's why people use it because they're like... That's what happens. And this becomes a second addi addiction, right? You have a second addiction because you have the funky chicken yeah. when you do the packet and then you don't want to give up the, the funky chicken, so you end up still doing the packet because you want the funky chicken. Yeah. So that becomes hand in hand. Yeah. But the funky chicken's a big one, right? Yeah, because my, my missus doesn't use, so I, I personally, 
Um, I mean, my my level of perversion probably probably maxed out at fucking scrolling scrolling through pages of fucking porn. Do you know what I mean? You, you Listen, get, I, I got to tell you, Dan, the amount of clients I see who have this funky chicken mentality and then they're they're on fucking Viva Street and they're phoning, you know, ladies of the night. I've got to be polite. The words yeah. I use have been told now. They're phoning ladies of the night. Yeah, you've got to you be know, careful. You've got to be careful. Um, <laughs> and, and they're calling ladies of the night and they're, they're looking at porn and yeah. they've got these webcams. I had a guy the other day. He said to me, L, I use about... Two hundred pound a week, eight hundred pound on average a month of buying the package. He says I spend fifteen hundred pounds a month on the webcam. Fuck me! I mean, I've got to get into webcamming. Funky chicken, man. Fuck this podcast, let's get our dicks out. Funky, <laughs> funky chicken. But no, um, but listen, what, what? Because I've got some of my mates, right? And I'm not going to name any names, but you know who you are if you're watching this. Uh, all the rest of the boys will know. I know some of my mates that when they use, man, they're doing, they're, they're texting birds, asking, sending all. dick pics, like trying exactly. to do. Exactly. They get why. Why do you turn so perverse on cocaine? I, I, because I don't think you're rationally thinking. And I think once you get in that sex mode, it's off the chart. I've got to tell you a funny story. Go on, mate. So a good friend of mine, I'm not <laughs> going to name him, right? A yeah. good friend of mine. Tell me you know, Yeah. <laughs> he, he loves a bit of the packet. Actually, he used to love a bit of the packet. And we like, you know, four or five days a week. And he's like, he's like fully in. I, I don't really associate with people that are kind of half measures. Yeah. You know, whether that's in the gym, my training, it's just my, my philosophy in life, whether people in business, you know, I'm, I like all in people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, one, and we're talking one day, and, I, I, and I'm telling him about this, the video that I've just done about, you know, how you make these silly texts at 3 a.m. and you make these calls, and the next day you're like, oh, what the fuck did I yeah. do, right? He says, El, I've got to tell you a story. He said, at 3 o'clock one morning, long time ago, I text my mum's best friend, and I sent her all this shit about, oh, yes, you're fucking, I love you, I want you, da-da-da. He's like the next day I woke up and I was like, "Oh, oh my, my god. fucking god!" His mum's best friend, mate. That's oh shit. But I can understand how you can get there. I can understand. I, I didn't what, mention your name. No, <laughs> but uh, I bet. Yeah. Anyway, let's leave that one there, just so you don't get in trouble. But um, okay, I'll exchange. I'll give you a funny story yeah, as well. One of my worst experience. I've never told anyone this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, one of my worst experiences on cocaine. Now, bearing in mind, I've been on TV a lot, right? So I've done uh, Celebrity Big Brother. Um, I'm all over. Over the internet I've, I've spent the last god knows how many years trying to sort of repair my career after getting thrown off tv for being a knobhead and i've been up and down with my drug use and alcohol use and um a little while ago i went for a meeting on this uh there's a boat that's attached to the river thames yeah okay it's, it's like it never goes anywhere it's like a cruise ship attached to it right and i went for a meeting down there with this company and these guys they're all playboys right and uh, i drove down i have my new car c63 it's fucking i was revving it and i was giving it large one and i was doing videos and everything and i pulled up and i went inside and i had the meeting with the thing and he was like right let's have a drink and i was like are you sure so we had a fucking drink and they had a room there in the in the thing they were staying overnight one thing led to another mate and it was just an all out sesh and i was in the morning off tried to sleep for a couple of hours you know, to yeah, try and wait. Words are coming out. Yeah, the tweeting. Fucking, the curtain. I'm opening yeah. the fucking curtains, looking through. I'm like, I opened the curtains on the wrong side, and it was a water. And I was like, where the fuck am I going? <laughs> and then I went to the other side, and I remembered where I was. And I was like, right, so, um, so yeah, like I think I'd slept enough for the alcohol to wore off, but I was still off me nut, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, that paranoia, that fucking. What had happened is I walked out of me fucking out of the out of the thing down the big gangplank and I've looking for my car and I've looked across and what had happened is some local kids had seen uh, on my Snapchat story where I'd parked my car and they'd egged and flowered the car. <laughs> 
right? They had thrown eggs all over it and covered it in fucking flour, right? So my car looked like it was covered in fucking cocaine, right? And I was in the centre of central central London, off me fucking nut, and I had to drive the thing to Surrey. So I got it, and I don't know if you've ever been that paranoid before. Yeah, I've been paranoid. And I got so I got him, but I had no other choice. Like yeah. first of all, I'm there, I'm off me nut. Yeah. I had to get out there before anyone got any pictures. Got in the car, and I can remember just driving down the road. I wound down the window, and I looked in the fucking ribby thing, and the white powder was just fucking floating off me fucking car. I was off me fucking nut like looking that. Looking at the speedo. Looking at the speedo like that. Mirrors, and I like was that. thinking, fucking, if old Bill pull over, mate, they're going to be like, yep. what the fuck are you selling? So... Yeah. That was, and I still didn't give up after that. I well, got home and I thought, ah, oh, that's all right. It's funny, I was thinking on the way here, you know, things that you do when, you, when you're off your nut and, you know, you get on the packet. I remember giving a huge seminar in London and I got, as soon as I got back in the car, I'm like, I'm like racking it up in the car and I pulled over and I'm, I'm just in the traffic lights, you know, waiting for the traffic lights to change. I'm thinking, fuck it, I want a line. I'm at the Ritz. So there I am doing a fucking line outside the Ritz, fuck. you know, of all the places to do one while you're driving. Well, no, that's crazy, isn't it's it? It's total madness, total madness. But what, like, let me just get, before I tell too many stories and completely ruin my career, let me, uh, why, um, what's the four steps of Coke use? So the, the, the four steps of Coke use, the actual using themselves, well, you know, initially there is the, the using of the Coke, okay, and it's like, the, it's the adrenaline. It's the like, you know that feeling when you want to pick it up? Yeah. That, that's the biggest, that's so the I biggest think that's the best bit. Here. The best bit, right? Because it's a perception. You know, I always say this, this is a really good example. Right? I'll come back to that. But I always say this, right? Human nature revolves around pain, avoiding it, and pleasure. Whether that be a physical pain or whether that's being a psychological pain, we try and avoid anything that we deem as painful, right? Yeah. Put your hand on a red oven ring, you burn yourself, you're like, fuck, I'm not yeah. going to do that, right? Simple, makes sense. And we try and seek pleasure. Most things in life, there is an element of pain before we get the pleasure. So, for example, we go to work, we'll call that pain. To get paid, to buy nice things, we'll call that pleasure. That's, it, yeah. That's how it works. With cocaine, unfortunately, the drivers are switched around the other way. There is a perception of the pleasure. Even if you had a shit night a few days ago, you're like, oh, I'll be different next time. I won't do that. I won't do as much. Or I'll do this first. Or I'll get yeah. on the laptop first. Or I won't text all these people. I'll put my phone away. Yeah. There's that perception of pleasure. And the pain comes at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, right? What I help people do is this. Switch the drivers over so they're reminded of the pain before they even go and do it. Mm. So the problem is this. Those four things, are the four, the four steps of using is this. It's the thought, the anticipation. It's the anticipation of what it's going to be like. You know, that adrenaline flow, that, oh, I can't wait to pick it up. So you've picked it up, right? That's the first step. The second step is the using, right? And then you use it. And then the third step is you're like, you know, thinking it's going to be different next time. And then the fourth step is fucking regretting it because you're like, what oh, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, you're right. you know, yeah. How many times have you used, Dan, and thought to yourself, what the fuck did I do that for? Yeah, yeah, I, I, like, yeah. I mean, especially I used to think to myself that I had social anxiety before, I, like when I went out, because people would recognise me and ask me for pictures, and oh, I was nervous. I, it was never that. It was I realise now that my anxiety always used to be. I know I'm going to be off me nut at some yeah, point. Yeah, hundred percent. And that and that and that anxiety, I, I'd. I'd like, it was like I was already telling myself yeah. that it was did, wrong. Did you used to find that you would also then only associate with certain people? You'd only want to be with certain people yeah. when you did it because, like, you know, these people are acceptable. I don't mind them seeing me like that, but fuck me, I can't let other people yeah, see me definitely. like that. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. your circle narrows down to those people who are also using with yeah. you. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got, I've got, yeah. Let me just go on to this one. Um, oh, well, you've done that. The pain and pleasure syndromes, yeah. Head of the game. Head of the game, man. I'm just, yeah, wild sex. We've done that one. Was I having, yes, dangerous decisions. That comes into the wild sex thing as well, really. We, we, you know, listen, the amount, I always say to people, listen, 
what things have you done that you would never ever do if you weren't on the packet? Yeah. And the list of things that people do mm. that they weren't on the packet. You know, it's all about lying, right? When you use, you lie. You lie to your partner. Mm. You lie to yourself. You don't want to admit you've got a problem. Mm. You lie to other people. And even when you come clean, you probably lie about the quantity you use or the frequency you use. You know, it sets you up to just lie, lie, yeah. lie. And that's what it's about. Yeah, that's what I found. It, it turned me into a, a liar. Horrible. What advice would you give to anyone that's listening to this now? Um, it, I mean, apart from, obviously, hypnosis. Yeah. Um, the first uh, steps for listen, them. Listen, I think, I think that these steps are logical steps. The first thing is, I believe that you have to, Delete all your dealers' numbers, right? It goes without saying, right? Yes, people go, yeah, but you can I still, find I them. just, look, look at this. Uh, uh, Three think, for 100, banging deals. Have a look at this. Lined look, in flake. Look, look, look at this, right? <laughs> I don't know if you'll have a go at me about this, but I don't know why. Yeah, look. Albo 2. Albo 2. Today's offer, three for 100. New Five stuff. for 200 pounds. Five for 200 pounds. Isn't it? Hello, today's offer is four for 160. Yeah, I should probably, do you know what I'm going to do? Text him back. No, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, listen, Let's it's all about encouraging you. It's, it's Friday, isn't it? Dan, it took two years having finished using for people to stop texting me. Yeah. Even when I deleted their numbers, they somehow put the number onto a different line. But listen, it's about rational steps that you can do. Yeah. First step, delete all your dealer's numbers. That's the first step. The yeah. second thing is you've got to address your circle. So like, if you associate those people with de doing it, you're making it more challenging. I'm not saying that you can't deal with that. I'm saying you're making the job harder. Yeah. And I always say, listen, give yourself three months. Three months of not being around those people. Yeah. That, then you've got to address your alcohol. You know, if you're somebody whose alcohol is your trigger, if you're not a dry sniffer, and there's a lot of dry sniffers out there, I right? I don't think of anything Yeah, I, I, I was a dry sniffer. That was how it was for me. You know, uh, only in the end would I use alcohol to try and come down and get off to sleep, even with sleepers or something like that. But I was a dry sniffer. Alcohol was not my problem. My problem was getting on the packet. Mm. So if alcohol is a trigger, which it is, I'd say, for probably 85% of people who use the packet, you know, they have a few pints, they're two, three, four pints in, and the first thing they do is they call it on, like, hello, mate, yep, come drop one off. Yeah, That's how it works. So listen, stop your alcohol content for a period of three months. To me, those make logical, rational steps. I've got to tell you a story, though. Mm. You know, when I stopped using, right, I always believe that you have a – somebody always said to me once, you can count your – best friends on one hand. If they don't fit on one hand, they're not your fucking best friends, right? Mm. Yes, you can have lots of other friends on the periphery, but these five friends would die for you. Mm. You know, I know that I could find out any one of those five friends there, whatever the problem was, they would be at my house, at my door, with bats and guns and knives, yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. I needed. You know, if I needed yeah. them emotionally, if I needed them physically, they'd be there for me, no matter yeah. what, right? Then you have friends on the, on the periphery. And I remember when I stopped, you know, the people around me, those close-knit friends, they were really supportive and they understood it. I used to go to a pub. And, you know, we live in a society now where most pubs are fucking drugs pub. That's a reality. Mm. The pub I went into, I mean, they weren't racking up on the table, but it wasn't far fucking short. Yeah. You know, that's the way it was. And, and I told these people I wasn't using. I went in the pub and they'd be like, I told them over and over and over again. And then this guy I know, we're kind of a kind of a friend on the outside kind of thing, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, I've left you one in the toilet. I've left you one in the toilet. Mate. I was like, I'm already sick of telling them, right? So I wasn't going to tell him again. So I've gone in there. It's on the system. I've gone. Wow. Yeah. I've gone out. He's going, good gear. I said, fucking cracking. Wow. It's just the best way to do it. That's, that's how you've got to get yeah. yourself to, to understand where you're in control of your own thought. Wow. And then if you're around someone's house and you've already told them three times is the golden rule, right? No, I don't touch it. Yeah, I have another one. No, I don't touch it. Yeah, I have one. All right, mate. 
off the table, all the gear's gone, fuck you. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Because you've told them three times. Yeah. I've given them a warning. They don't want to listen. That's their problem. That, that, I tell you what, they never wreck it up again for no, you. I bet, I bet they fucking don't. And I think that's I think I think that again is, you know, like there's a couple of people I know that just simply won't have it that I'm sober, you know. Uh and and, and I think that's it's because it's it's like I'm holding a mirror up, they're like, Well Of course it is. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. think about this, it's the most expensive drug in the world. That you want to give away. Yeah, oh, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah. You buy a packet and you're like, do you want a line? Do you want a line? Have a line, have a line. Yeah, it costs me fucking 50 quid or 100 pounds. Yeah, because you don't want to be the only one doing it. Of course you don't. Yeah. You don't want to be the only one doing it. Nah, and I think... Uh, and I, you I, don't want to be the last one left behind when everyone stopped. Yeah. Yeah, and what, how come that there's a difference in people? Because I, I do know some some people that can have one a cheeky bump or one at the one at the pub and then be like, do you know what, I'm all right. Okay, uh, and why why some people would do it at the house party and then take it home and do yeah. it? Yeah, okay. So so I think let's answer that right. I think the answer is this: certain people have a dependency to certain drugs, and some people don't have a dependency to that drug. Wow. You know, as I said, I can have alcohol. I can take it. I can leave it. It doesn't bother me. I can, you can take me to a bar right now and you can say, Elliot, here's the fucking keys to the bar. Drink whatever you like. And I'll be like, nah, I'm all right. You know, just give me a Diet Coke. Or I might have one drink. Yeah, yeah. One. It don't bother me, right? Take me to like fucking Colombian cartel and leave me there. You'll never see me again. You, you know, I'll be that, like, whoa. <laughs> because different yeah. people have a different substance addictions. Yeah. You know, I used to know somebody that only smoked when they went on holiday. Like, the only time they would have a cigarette is when they were on holiday. And I'd be like, do you only smoke when you're on holiday? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I go away for a week, and I enjoy smoking. I go, hang on a minute. That's Don't I... most people say that smoking helps them to relax? And they go, yeah, yeah, it helps me to relax. Like I said, aren't you in the place that's supposed to be the most relaxing place above all? Yeah. Right? Mm, that was a weird one for me as well. I only smoked when I was drinking. Right. So there you go. You have yeah. a state-dependent learned memory yeah. behavior, as I said before. Yeah. So, you know, so different people have different associations. And there are some people that can use cocaine every now and then, mm. every three months. Why, why, why did, and I'm going to talk from personal experience again, why, why, does, why does cocaine make you chat shit? Like, for instance, I remember many, many a time where I'd be waiting for my turn to tell a fucking story. Yep. And if I didn't have none left, I'd fucking make one up. Do you know what I mean? Talk about fights I ain't never had. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I why think, do, why I do people brain, do that? Your brain just runs away with you because you, you're in a completely different, you know, hemisphere stratosphere you're in a different fucking world i'm like yeah i'm like i can remember one night i told someone that i know quite well that i'd done time inside the next day i thought fucking what if you are someone i ain't never been to prison yeah i'm like what the things. fuck it's you mad know, you, isn't it you, you make decisions that seem very rational and logical at the time mm. that are completely fucking ridiculous i mean you talk about talking right because initially when you use cocaine it's that social thing and it's like people come out of their shell and that's the other thing mm. they overcome any social anxiety to be Life and soul of the party, they become confident. They, they don't become that, you know, person in the background. They suddenly become in the forefront and they don't want to lose that ability to be in the forefront, to have fun. Right? Yeah. Uh, but so initially it starts off and you become changed. It's like, oh, mate, did you do this? And, da -da 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 -da, and you're like machine gun, right? But then eventually, once your quantity increases, Mm. and your frequency increases, then you can't even get your fucking words out. Oh, yeah, I've been there before. You know, it's like, da, 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 and you look like a fucking what, idiot. Yeah, one of my mates, every, whenever he does it now, he just twitches. Yep, exactly twitches. what happens. Yeah, It's setting off all your neurotransmitters in your brain. It's affecting your whole physiology. You know, it really does. People don't realise how much it affects you. And, and I did a video. I actually didn't put this up on TikTok because I thought they would ban me. And I did a video in my friend's kitchen, right? 
And, and what I did is I, I had some digital scales. He's a dealer, by the way. You know, I don't judge people. That's the other thing, right? I don't judge people. I have people come and see me that serve up. I don't give a flying fuck what you do. I'm not there to judge you. I'm here to help somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my, I'm not the police trying to police something. I'm there to help somebody stop. Yeah. So anyway, he's got these digital scales. I said, listen, let me come around your house. And um, I took some white flour and I took some whey protein powder, of course, right? <laughs> whey protein <laughs> yeah. powder is brown. And, and I said to him, right, let, let's work out um, on an ounce. And we, and we worked out 40%. And we weighed up the white flour on the digital scales. I was like, that, that's that. Then I weighed up the 60% of the ounce on there in the brown whey powder, and I mixed it together. And I was like, that's the fucking shit you put up your nose. Because you're lucky. You're lucky if you get 40% proof, right? Wow. And that's the thing I put out on my TikTok. The other, I've taken it, put it a few times. I didn't put this video up, by the way. Mm. But on my TikTok, I always put, you know, if you get 40% proof, you're fucking great. And everyone's like, oh, I get 90% proof. I no, get you don't. Fuck all no you way. get 90% proof. It's no. impossible. No, I went, to, I went to Mexico once and that was pretty fucking yeah. strong. I didn't leave the hotel room for about fucking three days. Yep. My face was numb and I've never had anything like that. You don't get that in none. It's you pub don't. grub. Of course, it's pub grub. Listen, they, they did an analysis in 2016 that I looked at where they analyzed, I can't remember how many thousands of drug seizures, and they analyzed the cocaine. And this wasn't just your person that got caught with an ounce we're talking about people who got caught with an ounce to fucking proper keys you know yeah. full boxes and they analyzed it and it went from 10 percent through to i think it was about 50 percent. so they're saying the average grub that you buy is around about 30 percent. so i'm being kind i'm being generous that maybe you know somebody further up the mm. tree where you're getting it slightly yeah. higher but you ain't getting nothing more than 50 no i mean i can remember this this is the mad this is the mad thing about it as well because you know we 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 have in, 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 with my group of friends in you know we've all got kids now so slowly we're all starting to slow down some of us ain't um uh and <clears throat> when we're in the pub you know maybe a few years ago whatever it's like we've got different dealers for different qualities of gear like we'd have, we'd have we'd have one dealer and we uh, and i you know i'd say i'd say look this is fucking it costs a bit yep, more but it's great day it's great day it's good shit but it's going to take an hour and they go, no, we'll just get it off this guy because yeah, it'd be yeah. in 15 minutes and they'd sniff it and they'd be sick, but they'd yeah. still enjoy it. They'd yeah, be yeah. being sick. Um, and I and I can remember I can remember thinking to myself back in the day, I mean, again, I, when I was using it was once, twice a week or whatever, but I can even remember back then thinking, surely this is insanity. This is fucking stupid. Absolutely. You know what the definition of insanity is? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and yet expecting a different result. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's cocaine addiction. That is. You know, and, and sorry, just to think about when you think about, let's say you get 40% proof, that means 60% of what you're taking what is isn't it? even fucking cocaine. What is so it? So they use benzocaine, novocaine. They use all these additives. But Novocaine and Benzocaine, first we used to get to the dentist back in the day. So back in the day, they had better quality because they're able to get the cutting agency easier. Now they have to go to tattoo parlors because it's registered. And even then, it's very, very difficult to get. And the price of it has gone up so substantially that dealers can't afford to use a full cut that they used to use. So what they do, and a lot of people don't know this, they use rat poison. And rat poison has strychnine in it. And strychnine is one of the things that affect why you can't talk properly, which is oh, why more man. and more people get these words that they stutter and stuff. And then their whole neurosystem, they start to get, they're, they're doing that. They're and that's the phone. fucking rat poison. That's strychnine. That's a fucking poison. That's mental. And, it, and <clears throat> do they use these things because they give you the numb feeling? So they use them because they give you the numb feeling. They use them to fill them out. Glucose, you know, you know what creatine is? You know, creatine, yeah. Pre-workout, yeah. Yeah, pre-workout. Yeah, pre because it's cheap, it's easy. And it to makes you go. 
Exactly. Yeah, mad. Exactly. So getting on to your profession now that we've gone through all the the crazy, we could, I could sit here and talk stories about being off me up, but I'd never get booked again um, for another gig. But um, so talk to me about the hypnosis. How does the hypnosis work? I mean, or, or, or like, for instance, I've seen on your TikTok that you you have some people that don't use anymore that were on like fucking an ounce a day or yep, fucking, absolutely. you know, five I have grand. it a lot, a lot. A lot. I, can't, I don't understand how people can function like that. I th because your tolerance increases. Your tolerance, you know, you say you don't understand how people can function like that, but the very first time you ever used gear, what quantity was the first time you ever did it? What did you use? Fucking probably a line. Right, yeah. one line, right? So you went from one line. At your heyday, what was the most used in a 24-hour period of time? Probably a gram. Okay. Only a gram. Gram? Yes. Yeah. Lightweight. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, well, I've never... A full-weighted gram? Yeah, I don't know, mate. mate. Okay, so what would you pay for that? 50 quid. Okay, so that's a 0.5. Maybe more, actually. I'll probably, okay. probably, probably more. Maybe two, but I don't know. But I'd make it last. But, okay, so, yeah. so I would use an eighth, a full eighth, three point seven five grams, a full fucking eighth. Fuck it, in a night, in one night, right? So, what people don't understand is this. I, I see this with clients a lot. They go, "Yeah, I do two grams. I do three grams. I do four grams." I'm like, "Hang on a minute. What do you mean four grams? I do four grams. I mean, do you do four packets, or do you do four grams? I do four. Hang on a minute. How much do you pay? Well, I pay like thirty pound a packet. Hang on." In the United Kingdom, the average dealer right now, everybody's got a friend and everybody's going to get a deal and everybody's got a discount. But if you take that away, the average in the UK sale is £10 a point. Yeah, yeah. So if you buy 50 quid's worth, you're getting a point five on average. They might give you a little bit more. Or they might take and, a little and bit what is it? A, a, what is in a gram? A point? A full one. A, a, a one. Yeah, it's a one, one, one yeah, gram. Yeah. So point nine plus point one is yeah, ten. So it's a be, full it gram. should be hundred quid for a hundred gram. quid, right, for a gram, right? But even in your in your beginning, you went from one line to yeah, 10 times, yeah. 10 times, yeah. right? So 10 times in that period of time. Now, if somebody uses it more frequently, more frequently, more frequently, they can go to 20 times, 30 times. So all of a sudden, they're using two grams, three grams. I, I see every single week, without fail, I see every single week people that are daily users, daily users. And that ranges from a 0.4 to 2.4s a day on average, every single day. And, and people think, oh, you know, it, here's the interesting thing, Dan. The The... If you look across the board at the client basis, I see people who are plasterers, builders, bricklayers, plumbers, sparkies, to CEOs, multimillionaires, mm. you know, high-flying achievers, people in the entertainment world, singers, actors, you name it. There is nothing that, that says this person is going to use cocaine and this person isn't. It doesn't work like that. There is, there is, it's across the board, across the financial income capacity, across the educational capacity. You know, I've seen, believe it or not, listen to this. I once saw a priest no. who came to see me who was using a 0.4 four days a week. A priest. Fuck me, mate. That's the last time I ever put my collection in. <laughs> tell you that. Imagine what he's fucking wanking to. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad that's what happens that's bad is mind there, you actually, there are I, you Paul yeah I wouldn't you're, mind you're that, yeah, I might go back to church now I wouldn't mind that service but no that is mad but so uh, do you ever have people using while they're coming in I had or do you a, say to them well funny enough like, I, listen I think you get to realise I'm, I'm a straight talker right and yeah. I don't deal with any nonsense or bullshit yeah you know um, I, can tell, I, mate. I had a woman come to see me for alcohol once and, and I opened the door and she fucking went bang straight on the floor in front of me I was like what the fuck and she was so pissed. I was like, you want to get home? Yeah. And I was no like, how did you get here? I can't deal she with was that. Like, yeah. She was like, oh, my dad dropped me. I was like, your dad just left you here like this? No. I put her in a cab, sent her home. I'm not going to deal with that. No. I have had a couple of people. You know, I've been doing this for 27 years. It's a long period of time. 
You know, I've seen over 100,000 people in that wow. period of time. That's a lot of fucking people, right? And, and listen, you know, the odds and the percentage are sooner or later you're going to come across with someone. I've had somebody who's walked into me and I was like, you're fucking off your tits. Mm. He's like, no. I said, first I can smell alcohol, right? Unless you've done hand sanitizer before walk through my door, I can smell alcohol on you. Yeah. Listen, I'm not here just to take your money. I'm not about the money. I'm about helping people. Yeah. I have clients coming Every day, right? Yeah. You know, I have thousands. I, I can't even answer all the emails I get all the yeah. time. You know, so I'm not here about just taking your money. I'm here about wanting to do this. I'm passionate about helping people. Yeah. You know, if somebody knows my story of how I grew up and the things I went through to get to where I am here in today in this life, and I can talk to you about that if you want. Mm. You know, I'm I'm passionate about helping people. That's my goal. Yeah. That's what I want to do. That's, you can't help them if they're right. if they're high. And, and I've had people come in like off their nut, and I was like, listen, go home. We'll, I'll, I'll give you one more chance. Mm. I'll book you for next week. You come back next week, fucked off your tits. I'll give you a refund because they, they pay a deposit. I'll give you a refund of your deposit, but I'm not going to see you. No, yeah. I've had somebody come up and use the bathroom when they come back down. I was like, did you just go upstairs and do a line? They were like, no. I said, if you, I'm going to ask you again. If you lie to me, I won't see you next week. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fine, right? Now we've got honesty. Don't fucking do it again. Yeah, that's right? hard. That, that right. I mean, that, I don't know how curable someone could be if they're in there. Did you call that, cure that guy? I actually did. I actually did. No. And this guy, you want to hear this, this guy, I mean, I felt, I don't know if this is the right word. I felt sorry for this guy because I felt he was being taken advantage over. Was he, wasn't he? Right. So this is what happened. He started off with a very small habit. He was using a point four two three days a week. Then his friend, who doesn't even live in the country, who's not even hands-on to the gear, gave him a box to hold, a fucking kilo, right? In exchange, they would give him... Uh, the quantity of three full grams every day free of charge for holding the key. Fucking right? hell. So, of course, what happens is it's free of charge. You start from using a little bit. You start using more. You wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning. You do it at 10 o'clock in the morning. You're doing it at, like, fucking midnight. You know, now you're doing it all the way through, right? Every single day you wake up. And, and so he was using this quantity and wasn't paying for it. And I said, listen, fucking hell, like, you've got you've to deal with something because you get caught with that box. You're going away for fucking years. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. And where will your friend be for you then? Yeah. Right? So fuck the fact you're not paying for the gear because that's irrelevant, right? Give your mate the box back. Don't hold it for him. And we'll start off by my first step is to get a client to 50% reduction. That's the very first thing I do. First, first session, I do a case history. I've got to understand them. I've got to understand their... their lifestyle, their environment, their triggers, what they do, how their mind works, their values, their beliefs, their reasons for doing it. I have to understand everything about them, right? So that's the first thing I do. To know how to tune in to, to fix Absolutely, right? Yeah. When you think about your brain, we have different modalities in the brain that you use, right? Mm. So if I said to you, what color is your front door, Dan? Mm. What color? It's wood. Yeah, so. see that, right? But what you did is this. You looked up. I don't know if you caught that on camera, yeah. but you looked up. So you pictured it. You imagined yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right? I had to I had to. There you go. See you had it. to see it, right? Yeah. So visual, right? So that's one modality we use. We used to use auditory where we talked to ourselves like, what the fuck did I do that for? I'm just, why did I do that? Mm. We talked to ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Then we had kinesthetic, our feelings, right? So those three senses we use to see our map of the world inside of our head. But when somebody talks to you, you they are telling you how they think. So make this simplistic, right? Somebody says, I see what you're saying. I picture that. That looks right to me. Yeah. They're telling me they're using visual modalities in their right. brain, how okay. they use their world. Yeah. I see if, what you mean. Yes, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. If somebody says, I hear what you're saying, that sounds right to me. That rings loud and true. Yeah, yeah. They're telling me they're auditory. They're listening to what they're doing wow. and hearing in their voice. And these are different types of brains. Exactly. People have. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody who's kinesthetic will say, that feels right to me. I've got a handle on it. I can grasp that. They're telling wow. me they're in touch they with their emotions. That. Yeah. But it goes one further, right? Let's imagine someone's depressed. I know we're going off tangents slightly, but somebody's depressed, right? right? Somebody's depressed would be like this. You know, life's just fucking shit. 
They're kinesthetic. They're looking down. They're internalizing. You don't get somebody saying, life's just fucking shit. No. <laughs> because they're, that's visual. So what I do is I change the modalities of the brain, how they think about things. So the first session with any client, no matter what I see them for, whether I see them for addiction or I see them for anxiety or depression, the first session is all about understanding their, their map of the world, their model of the world, how they understand, how they evaluate, how they believe, how they feel, their experiences, what they went through. Mm. Every decision that you make today isn't based upon today. It's based upon your past experience. Yeah. If you didn't like an apple and I said to you, Dan, do you want an apple? You're like, no, I don't eat apples. You're not deciding not to eat the apple based on today. You're deciding not to eat the apple what based on Exactly. Yeah. So your usage of cocaine or your anxiety or your depression or your phobia or your responses that you want to change isn't today. It's based on the past. Right. In order for me to change that in their brain using hypnosis, using linguistic program, using psychodynamic therapy, in order to do that, and I don't just believe in sticking to one thing. I don't believe in hemmed in a box. I yeah. use lots of different techniques, right? I have to understand that client. Then I individualize, I tailor, I spend two or three hours and I write everything specific to them. Then they come back. Then at that first session, I use hypnosis, I use linguistic programming, I use things psychodynamic, I use a whole host of different things according to that individual mm. client. And my goal after that session is to get a 50% reduction. They're already halfway, halfway. Yeah. yeah. You know? And the other thing is, the other thing is people misunderstand about having a 50% reduction because they think, okay, so let's say, let's say they used 2.4s a day. I don't want to go to 1.4 a day. No, no, no. I want to go to 2.4s every other day because I want them to have those days clean. To, to feel good. Yes. Yeah, to feel good. You get good. it. I get that. I, and I think, I, I, man, this is this was, yeah, I completely get that. If you can give them a taste of what it's like exactly. to, to feel good. My, like on my social media now, like I, I, I have to live my journey, yep. right? Just like when I was when I was drinking and doing drugs and living, I had I had a, a song that charted in the charts called Proper Naughty Sesh. It's like, do you know what I'm looking forward to on a Friday? A proper naughty sesh. And it fucking charted. It was like number 20 in the charts or whatever. It was fucking, I had uh, a beer. I had a beer brand. I sold beer through lockdown, a little barrel. It's called a barrel of laughs. Um, everything I've done, I, everything that I'm doing, I have to live through my social media. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's my comedy and everything comes from what I'm living. So now that I'm sober, I'm talking about being sober a lot. Uh, I'm I'm living my um, recovery and my gym and what makes me feel good. I'm living it. And a lot of people, uh, some people have unfollowed, you know, you can see them unfollowing. They, yep. you know, they don't want to see it. But what I'm trying to do, and I guess that's the similar thing to that, is I'm trying to show people out there that are struggling that it is, and this is, and even when I say it, I find it hard to say it. It's fucking better being sober than it is being right. fucked. It's a billion percent. It's so much better. A billion percent. That but, high on life, you, yeah. can't, you can't fucking, you can't replicate Like that. I'm like, like I, I feel myself in situations like doing the school run with the kids and I feel myself on a Saturday morning and I stop. You're present, right? You're and present. I, I feel like I'm there. And also colours, this sounds weird, like colours and life, like everything seems like, like just more colourful and that. Yeah. And, it, the the hard thing with me is I think it's still early for me because I still do have a, a a part of my brain or a part of me that feels like I'm missing out on a massive part of my life. I do feel that. I think the answer to that is this. It's become part of your identity. When you do something for a long period of time, mm. it becomes part of you. It's like, it's like a smoker, right? Keys, wallet, phone. Facts. Yeah. And that's the same identity when you use. It's like Friday night. What the fuck am I gonna? What am I gonna do on a Friday night? Yeah, that's what. Oh, I, life's so fucking boring without the packet. Yeah, sit back and watch Netflix. You know? No, it's not like I. It, like I've got great. I have great 
Friday nights but, now. But now it creates a new pattern, a mm. new look, Let me show you this. Do this. Clasp your hands together, right? Yeah. Which thumb do you have on top? This one. Which is that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Undo it. Do it again. Okay, yeah. same thumb, right? Yeah. Keep it there. That's a pattern. So at some point in your life, and I don't know the reason why, you learn to fold your arms with the thumb on top, right? Yeah. Now undo it. Now do it with the left on top. Feels it feels weird. strange. It feels weird, yeah. right? Now do this. And then leave it with the left back on top. Yeah. Feels a bit more comfortable? Yeah. Okay, right. So what I've just shown you is this, right? You learn a pattern of using gear. Mm. You learn to use the packet on a Friday, a Saturday, a Monday, a Tuesday, whatever it is for you, right? And eventually, after a period of time of doing it, your brain went, that's a pattern that becomes comfortable. Mm. Now you want to change that pattern. It's like, now I don't want to do this anymore, but it doesn't feel comfortable to change my pattern. It doesn't feel comfortable to change my pattern. I'm not used to it. I'm used to this, right? But I don't know what the number would be, whether you need to fold your thumbs a hundred times, ten times. But there'd be a point where it would become natural. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. You're rewiring your brain yeah. to be free from the packet, free from yeah. gear. That's what happens. Yeah, and I, I and I do find that like I went out with my pals the other day, and I and I was uh, I never used to do this. Last time I went sober, I didn't drink alcohol-free beer because I thought it would trigger me. But now I'm like, no, I want to have a have a beer. I'll have an alcohol-free beer, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And I I actually felt more relaxed with them um, than than maybe I I used to when I used to drink because I kind of knew I was going to turn into a bit of a knobhead. And here's my question. How did you feel the next day? Great. Man. That's that's what people Great. miss out on. They're not thinking ahead. They're thinking in the moment, but they're not thinking about how I'm going to feel the next day when you wake up and it's Saturday morning. You're like, fuck it. Fuck I'm going to go. Do yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wicked, feel good, man. right? I'm taking, my, I'm taking my girls out on their bikes. Absolutely. Instead of handing them an iPad and being like, fuck off. Yes. Yeah. You're that's, there. That's you're present. You're Honestly, in the family. It's, it, look, I don't mind holding my hands up and saying, you know, I put my, I put my wife through... Uh, there's, I, I can't say too much because she's got her own life and I don't want to bring her into too much of my own fucking drama. But, you know, I was portraying a certain way on social media because that's what I, that's, that's what I do. I yep. was portraying that everything was fine on social media. Then I'll disappear for a couple of days off social media because I've been on a sesh. Yep. And I come back and everything was fine. But in them small gaps, my family was dealing with hell. You know what I mean? I was like, I've got a fucking meeting. I'm out doing this. Da -da -da. I'm coming back. Then I'm hung over the next day and I come down. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to deal with that. Fucking, Absolutely. You know, it makes you so selfish. Yeah, of course it does. 100% selfish. As I said, lie, lie, lie. One of these ones was, why do we wank so much? But I think that we covered that. Um, crazy paranoid stories. That's all right. I'm just going to, I want to get, there was a couple of others. Um, do you have any techniques to improve mental strength around like how you can, you can make your, you know, because not everyone's going to be able to come and see you because you're a busy man. But do you have any techniques now that the listeners or viewers back home could use when they're thinking of using? Okay, we could do that. We, um, why don't I demonstrate on you? Okay, cool. You like that? Yeah, yeah. All right, depends what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I could just use you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, I want you to just close your eyes. This, is not, this isn't hypnosis, just using some mental training and conditioning, right? Yeah. I just want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think about uh, a time when you were going to use, right? Mm -hmm. And I want you to imagine it like on a cinema screen, that picture. This picture we're going to call the negative picture, right? When you can see that picture, just say the word yes. Yes. Okay. Now you're going to come out this cinema into a library. There's a small television screen. 
on that television screen, we're going to create a positive picture. This is a picture of you not using, waking up the next Saturday, feeling good about yourself, feeling positive, feeling in control, smiling, going to the gym, feeling fucking awesome, right, Dan? Yes. Okay, when you can see that positive picture, just say the word yes. Yes. Okay, good. Now, come out of this room, and we're going to go into the control panel of your mind. Put on the screen the very large negative picture, like huge. Yeah. And in the bottom right corner, the very small positive picture. When you've got both those pictures together, say the word yes. Yeah, they're playing. Okay, perfect. There you go. So I'm going to count from one to three. And at the count of three, I'm going to say the word swish. And as soon as I do that, make the positive picture in the bottom right corner larger and larger until it takes up the whole of your mind's eye. So the only picture left looking at is the positive picture. And when that happens, press together your finger and thumb on whichever hand. One hand, that's fine. Okay, one, two, three, swish. Make the positive picture bigger and bigger until you then, once you do that, press your thumb and finger together. Yeah. Now, every time you press this thumb and finger together from now on, you're just going to look at that positive picture. Forget the negative. You're just going to look at the positive picture. Now, allow your thumb and finger to separate. Think about the color white, the color white, the color white. Press your thumb and finger together now. Bring that positive picture back into your mind's eye. Imagine that's it's it. There. Imagine stepping into it. Imagine feeling good about yourself. You know, like when you buy a new pair of shoes or a new pair of jeans and you look at yourself in the mirror and you feel good in what you're wearing. That's how you're going to feel. Make the picture stronger. Make it bigger. Make it colorful. Bring it closer to your mind's eye. Allow your thumb and finger to separate. Think about the color blue, the color blue. Press it together for me now. Bring the positive image back into your mind's eye and step into it and imagine how good you feel. Wow. Feel good? Yeah. Okay, you can open your eyes. So this is called an anchor, right? This is just a, this is something that people practice mentally inside themselves. Think about this. Oh. Um, you're driving along and someone pulls out recklessly in front of you, beep your horn, and they stick two fingers up at you, right? That makes you feel angry. You haven't seen somebody for a while, they give you a hug, that makes you feel loved. You meet somebody in business, you shake hands, that makes them feel comfortable, build some rapport. The concept that a physical movement right, can release an emotion pre-exists. Mm. So this is about creating a physical movement. There you go. Yeah. Step back into that positive yeah, picture. There, right? Now, somebody once said to me, L, how many times should I practice that? And my answer is always the same, until. And what I mean by that is this, right? Until you don't need to. Exactly, right? When you go to the gym, like when you first started sparring, you were shit. Yeah. Yes? You got a lot better the more you practiced. Yeah. For me, I like going to the gym. You know, I, squatting was always my thing. You know, initially I squat like 40 kilos and 60 kilos and 100 kilos and 200 kilos. My best squat was 375 kilos. Right? 375 kilos is a lot of fucking weight, right? Yeah. I didn't happen the first time I did it. It happened the millionth time I went, right? Yeah. 38 years on, I still train six days a week. In other words, repetition is the mother of all skill. You want to achieve something. The more you do it, the better it become. Yeah. That's life. Wow. So you've got a repetition of feeling good. You got a bit. That's it. Yeah. Just press it together and feel really good about yourself. They can practice that themselves. John, how, how are we for time, mate? Uh, Fifty-three minutes in. All right. So we'll do about another ten minutes. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Cool. I want to uh, tell you the story about cool. Jesus because you're going to like this, right? Don't so, tell me he does pack it. <laughs> so this is completely off. This is completely off addiction. He's right? the one that got the priest on it. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the. This is completely off addiction, right? This is to do with depression. But you were talking about mental health, so I thought I'd tell you the story. This woman contacts me and she says, um, I've been given your number by um, someone in the media, someone quite famous who, who I helped, mm. and um, I wonder if you can help my son. My son thinks he's Jesus. I was like, okay. I don't really know if I can help him, but he thinks he's Jesus. And he's been in an institution for five years and believes he's Jesus. So I said, listen, FedEx, she was in, in America. She said, Fe I said, FedEx me all of the notes, get a letter from the private hospital institution and his doctor saying I could see him and release the notes to me. And I read all these notes and I thought, this is something I can do. I think this is something I can do. Now I have a very unique religious upbringing, right? You know, I was born a Jew, didn't, didn't really go down that path, went to a Catholic boarding school, 
you know, it's church every day, church on a Sunday. So I have quite a good understanding of multiple religions because I like to be educated and I like to understand people, right? Yeah. That's the way I look at things. Anyway, so I'm reading this and I'm thinking, I think there's something I can fucking do. So I said, listen, you need to fly me out to uh, Miami to see this guy in hospital, your son, but I want to see him on Good Friday. Wow. You know what happens to Jesus on Good Friday? Then he put on the, he was put on the cross. Yeah, so yeah. listen. So I go into this institution and I said, I want to be able to do whatever I want, carte blanche. No one's going to fucking stop me. She's like, okay, I want it in writing. So I got it in writing because I'm thinking, what I'm about to do is a bit crazy, right? <laughs> I get two guys with two pieces of wood, huge wood, nails and a hammer. And we go right into his, into his padded cell. And I said, you're Jesus. You're fucking Jesus, aren't you? I said, start nailing the cross together. Oh, the guy's the looking at me, right? I take his hand quite firmly and I go, give me a marker pen. And I mark out in the palm of his hands where it's going to be nailed. He must have thought, fucking hell, the am I really... freaking out. Fuck me. Imagine, freaking out, right? He's like, what the fuck? I'm like, you're Jesus. You know what today is? It's Good Friday. I said, it's good for me, but it ain't good for you because you know what's going to happen? I'm nailing you to the cross. Fucking hell, mate. So the guy's freaking out, right? He's looking at me like, what the fuck is going on? Who is this psychologist? Who is going to... What's he going to do to me? I said, you're Jesus. You are Jesus. So he starts shouting at his name. I said, no, 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 no. You're not, you're, that's not who you are. You're Jesus. He's, no, 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 no. I'm such a, I said, what school did you go to? Now, I obviously pre-learned all this information. What school did you go to? What was your first car you ever drove? What's your first fast food? What's your favorite fast food? And I got all these things. What was your name of your first girlfriend? Which I already knew. So now I'm getting him to make sure he can't backtrack. He yeah, can't yeah. then go, oh, no, I really am Jesus. Because he's told me all this information. I said, you're not Jesus. I said, are you sure? Because it's got to be done today. I said, but if you're Jesus, don't worry. Because even though we know it's the cross today on Friday, on Easter Monday, you're going to rise back up. So are you sure you're not Jesus? Fucking hell, man. He went, no, he's freaking out. I said, okay, I got them to go. I spent the day with this guy. I came back the next day to deal with him in hospital. Three months later, he came out of hospital. Five years on, he's still out of hospital, never went back. He's on a low level of medication, but wow. he doesn't have that psychosis to believe he's Jesus. Wow. So why did that work for him? Was so, it, like a, was it so, just like a rude awakening? Okay. Like so a I think the difference is this, Dan. When I read all of these notes and all of these psychiatrists and psychologists, and this woman was extremely affluent, first of all, to afford to fly me out there and to do the work I need to do, but to hurt in an institution for five years was a lot of money, a lot of money, right? And I think what I read in the notes was, don't be ridiculous, you're not Jesus. Don't be silly, you're not Jesus. They may use different words, but what they were trying to get across was exactly the same. And I went, hang on a minute. Why am I going to try and convince him he's not Jesus? What about if I do something that makes him convince me he is not Jesus instead of me convincing him? Wow. That's what I did. So sometimes... But he actually, he wasn't faking it. He wasn't faking it. He truly believed. Truly, but 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 what is worse than death? What's worse than death? Nothing. So I took him to a point where... It was admit who you are and get a waking shake up in your brain or get killed. Wow. Do you think that that can help with addicts? A similar approach? I, I think I think my approach with addicts is certainly different because, you know, first of all, I understand them. I understand the psychology behind them, but I understand the addiction mm. and the process. I know what it's like to have that itch and you just want to scratch it and you just want to go there on a Friday. Or so. I know what that feels like, right? Mm. You know, I know what it's like to want mm. and feel that you need and life's dull and boring without it. And, you know, I want my funky chicken. I want all them things. I want all of this yeah. stuff, right? But I like to shake them up. I speak their language. You know, what they get is somebody who understands them, who's no yeah. bullshit. No patronizing. Talking. There's no patronizing, no. right? I yeah. get it. I get where you're at. This is where you are and this is where you want to get to. Let's yeah. stop fucking about and let me help you get there. Yeah, because I went, I, 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 I long time, we were up for time, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, go about. 
Five minutes, cool. I'll just I'll finish up on uh, and and I loved I loved the fact that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to meet you is because I never ever come across. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on TikTok about addiction, mental health, and yeah. stuff like that. And obviously, the more stuff that I search for and click on, the more of it shows you. Um, and there's a lot of people that I just simply did not relate to. I couldn't relate to their message or what they were saying. I felt because maybe because I'm working class and uh, an addict to myself that I saw your stuff and I and, and I related to it. But morely, morely, uh, more also because because you were a user as well and the stuff you were talking about was real like I'll give you an example how it didn't work for me a long time ago I had anger management counselling because I was just getting this was when I was younger I was getting really fucking angry about stuff and I was getting myself in fights and everything like that and I went to this anger management they gave me some free sessions on the yeah. NHS I can't remember how many it was I think it's three or four and uh, it was weird because it was meant to be anger management, but this guy fucking pissed me off, mate. Honestly, he fucking made me so angry. I can remember thinking, I don't know how this is therapy because you're an anger management specialist and I want to punch you in the fucking face. But mate, it might have been my condition at the time. I was not quite. But I can remember him sitting in front of me and he asked me, do you use cocaine? And I was like, yes, I do. I use it. At the time, I, I still thought it was like just part of our culture. Yeah, of course. I thought cocaine is just what we do. That's what lads do. So I was like, yeah, I use it occasionally. And he tried to relate to me with a story where he said, well, listen, I I used to use cocaine as well. And I was thinking, well, I don't think you did used to use cocaine, mate, but let's go with this anyway. Um, the pure fact that he was calling it cocaine as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I used to use a lot of cocaine. I was like, it's either bugle, sniff, pack it. It ain't yeah. cocaine, mate. If you if you go up to someone and say, can I buy some cocaine? Yeah. They're going to think you're a fucking copper, right? So shut your mouth. And he said, uh, your way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just spit. How much is yeah. it? But, yeah. um, but this guy said to me, I used to do cocaine and one time I was sat in my house with a cereal bowl full to the top of cocaine and I was like, how much do you fucking earn, mate, doing this? There's no way you had that much. And he's like, just listen, just listen. And he said, and I, and I decided I didn't want to do it, so I pulled it down the toilet and flushed the chain. I went, fuck <laughs> off. I said, if you, and this is why he stopped seeing me because I was arguing with him. And I said to him, one, you ain't going to be able to afford that much sniff on your job. Two, right? Two, if you had that much sniff, you wouldn't, you'd be selling it on if you weren't going to fucking do it. And three, ain't called cocaine. And he never fucking saw me again. He, I, I got a referral saying I was too angry. <laughs> it's fucking mental, isn't it? Too angry for the anger management person. That's right, man. Now, listen, before, just as we finish up, I just want to say uh, thank you, first of all, for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for your pleasure, time. Man. And do you have any closing words for anyone that's struggling at the moment or anyone that's got a partner that's struggling? Maybe, yeah, anyone that's listen, got Listen, let's go with the partner angle because, you know, yeah. I get a lot of messages from people saying, you know, my partner has an addiction. And the first thing I wanted to say is this. There is the carrot and there is the stick. Not, no particular one is right. It works on the individual. But as much as you want them to give up, as much as you want them to stop, as much as you love and care for them, they have to want to do it. Until someone wants to do it themselves, it doesn't matter how far down the road you push them. It doesn't matter calling me, getting help from someone else. It's not going to fucking work. They have to want to acknowledge the fact they want help. And when they acknowledge the fact they want to have help, they need to find someone they resonate with, right? Mm. There is no point in going, to, listen, if I'm not somebody's style, don't fucking come and see me. If mm. you don't want to be with someone who's a straight talker and says it as it is, then go and find someone who's going to you. I'm not saying that's wrong or right. What I'm saying is they have to want to stop and then you have to find the right person yeah. or the right strategy or the right methodology mm. for that person to work. Yeah. And you've got to be there just to support them. That doesn't necessarily mean encouraging them and doesn't necessarily mean battering them. Yeah. You've got to find the right strategy and that's a hard one to find. 100%. And I think I'll just, I'll just add to that where unfortunately I got into a position where 
I, I fucked up loads of stuff and it was like kind of like I hit a wall, I fucked up loads of stuff and I was like, it was like it slapped me in the face. Oh my God, man, like you can't handle this shit. You can't do it anymore. Da, da, da. And I think that a lot of women out there, if done in the correct way, instead of going, you're fucking out on the sesh, you've been out all fucking night, uh, you haven't turned up to this or that hasn't been done and you're doing my fucking head in, you want to spend more time with your mates than you do with me, you don't love me. Instead of that approach, maybe sit down and go, look, you're going to end up losing the house, you're going to lose me, yeah. you're going to lose all of this, this is the road we're going down and it's breaking my heart because I love you, I hate to see I think the breaking like the heart's the best, the best angle to come from. Because I think a lot of people who use have a mentality that like they're not doing anything wrong. I put food on the table. There's that's a what fucking I roof over my head. That's what I, I pay the bills. Yeah. There's money in your pocket. The kids aren't going yeah. hungry. Why shouldn't I do a little bit? That's what I used to think. Oh, I used to throw money at my missus. And yeah. I say, look, there's another couple hundred quid. Yeah, go shopping, look at your car. Look at the fucking house. You've got a massive house. What? Yeah. They don't want that. They want you. Of course so. they do. Of course they do. I think you've got to go with a love angle. You've got to go with the love, and you've got to follow your heart and just help them that way. Yeah. But you know what? It's not always men. Sometimes oh, sorry, it's women yeah. because, you know, I see women who, who say to me, the moment my husband goes out the door, I'm having a 0.5 dropped off and I'm doing it during the day. And as soon as he's back, I've stopped three hours before he's back. So I'm fucking oh, level. Yeah, I see that. Wow. It's not just men. It's women. Predominantly men. I'd say 75% of my clients are, are, are men. But, you know, there's still 25% of women. Are they as bad on the porn as well? <laughs> well, the worst case is. Sorry, worst case is. The worst case is if there's two of you, right? If you and your partner both. Oh do my it, god, mate. Then it's funky chicken all day, fucking, fucking long. Yeah, it's a funky farm, isn't it? Oh, it's man. a funky farm. <laughs> anyway, it thank really you is. so much, mate. Thank Pleasure. you very much. Where can they find you? Tell them into this camera. Just yeah, say, listen. Just find me on my TikTok, which is um, at hypnosis underscore expert, or go to my website www hypnosis-expert.com. That's H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S-E-X-P-E-R-T.com. Hypnosis-expert.com. Thank you very much. Pleasure, Thank Dan. you for sharing your knowledge. My pleasure.